And good evening, everybody. My name's Eric Perugini, and I am here with Christopher Lehef, and we are here for the newly titled podcast, The Philly Philly, presented by CEVsports.com. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing good. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm, I actually posted us live on Instagram under the CEV Instagram page, so we'll see if anybody's watching. And then once we get the link out, we'll, uh, I'll post it to the uh, Instagram page. No problem. Yeah, I'll probably just start like uh, sending the link of the shows over to you, and you know we can both just you know spread the word. Both of us, two will be better than one. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, because all they're really seeing is my ugly mug. <laughs> they see they see the headphones and my ugly jerseys in the background. So nice. Hopefully they'll listen. You know, once we post yep. everything, we'll see what happens. So, what do you want to talk about? Well. <laughs> I mean, I think it's time to, you know, throw a party for the uh, upcoming Super Bowl since the Eagles won their first game of the season. <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh, I mean, it's Frankfurt and Cotman time, baby. Uh, it's COVID. We're not allowed to go to Frankfurt and Cotman. Oh, okay. It's, it's COVID and Cotman? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, listen, you know me. We, we've talked about it on, on the previous three podcasts, and I've said it before. You know, I'm a Carson guy. I'm always going to be a Carson guy. You know, he's my quarterback. I'm going to defend him. You know, talent-wise, he's head and shoulders above Carson Wentz. Or he's head and shoulders better than Nick Foles. I'm sorry. Um, You know, and the GOAT Nick Foles, you know, he put up a meeting. And technically, I don't know if you watched. They technically, they lost 19-11. But they scored with like a minute left in the game. And then they got the two-point conversion, which is good for me because I have Allen Robinson. (laughs) <laughs> so I, w- I was happy with it. He had like 12 catches for like 130 yards. Nice. So, nice, nice. so I was happy with it. Um, but no, you, you, Carson came out, you know, he ran the ball. Um, and that touchdown, you, like, how many quarterbacks can make that throw? Yeah. I mean, there, there's really not that many that, that can make that throw, which I, I mean, even though it was still – it was a sloppy game, still pretty sloppy, um, I was impressed with what I saw from him. And right now he's the most important piece because he's the quarterback, you know. And, and how he started off the season, very concerning. But, I mean, again, yeah, it was sloppy. Both, on, from both teams, let's not, you know, just cr- tr- uh, uh, crush the Eagles here. I mean, San Fran had their injuries and, and it was sloppy on their end. I mean – we had to go up against C.J. Beathard. That guy should not be on our roster. Um, but but the Eagles were still underdogs, you know. Right. St. Fran's still a good team. I mean, right. I mean, yeah, don't I mean, get me yeah. wrong. It's not Patrick Mahomes who probably has COVID now, but it's not Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's not the it's not the New England Patriots with, with it's you know the Green Bay. But they're still a good team. They have a good coach. That that's what it is. They have a good coach. Uh, yeah, they, they do. They they absolutely have a good coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, other than the fact that they finally won a game and they are now in first place at one two and one, that's <laughs> um, pathetic and just awesome at the same time. It it really is. I mean, the NFC East is so terrible. Um, but I, I I took I took his I took Carson Wentz's performance as a complete building block and hopefully we see more improvement as the season goes on. I mean, I, I want to say it's still a young season, even though we're what, like a quarter of the way through. Um, 
I still, it's still a young season. Um, who knows what's going to happen? Like, like you said, like with, with, with COVID, you know, with, with, with the Patriots, the Titans, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a, I'm getting a little concerned now for, uh, for the future of the league this year, but, um, I am, I'm, I'm taking a lot of positives out of Carson Wentz's performance. Uh, so I, I'm encouraged. Uh, and to be honest with you, the defense has really been playing well, even though they said they only have one win. Their defense actually hasn't been that bad. If you look at their numbers, they're, they're playing at a pretty decent level right now. Well, what did I emphasize about our uh, defense? What didn't they, they do? They were turnovers. And what happened? They won the turnover battle. Yep. And what happened? Exactly right. They won the game. Yeah, they, won, they won the game. <laughs> like it's, 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 it's just a simple formula. Like it's, it's, it's not rocket science. Like, you know, you, you, people want to sit there and they want to blame Carson Wentz for his turnovers. Yes, we know Carson Wentz. He's got seven interceptions. He's got the same amount now that he threw four games as he did last year through 16 games. I get it. You know, but your defense right. still has to make plays and they weren't making plays. No, no, they weren't. They weren't, um, but they, they like you said, they finally finally got the turnovers, and sure enough, they they win their first game of the year. So, let's hope it carries over into uh, what's going to be a what I think is going to be a, a tough game against Pittsburgh, especially since they had a very early bye week. You know, so I mean, James yeah. Conner, he was dinged up two weeks ago, came back, had a great game, and then he got another. You know, he had another. He's got a week off, so. Um, I'm, I'm look. I'm hoping to see. I'm hoping to see uh, some more progression by the team in general. I mean, because we still have pretty much nobody wide receiver. I mean, I, I know I missed a phone call today. I was kind of expecting it to be the Eagles saying, "Hey, can you come in? You know, serve water and then get on the field." So, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's rumors out there that they're going to go after Muhammad Sanu. I, I, I don't know. It's really is Muhammad Sanu. The missing piece to this team. Uh, Muhammad Sanu's—he's cooked. He's—he's he's done. I mean, the guys. This is what his third team in two years. I mean, didn't he? Wasn't he with? Wasn't he with like Atlanta or he, someone? Then he, then he went to New England, and then I, I don't know. But he—he's—he's he's not the—he's not the same guy that that they've had that we all saw in uh, Atlanta. He—he's done. So. I, I don't. I, at this point, I would rather go after Antonio Brown than have Muhammad Sanu. I really would. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about Antonio Brown. I, no, I mean like he's probably he's a better player at this stage, even though he's he's been out. But I mean, I know it's not going to happen. I know they're not going to go out and get Antonio Brown because if I'm not mistaken, isn't he like? still sort of like eligible for some kind of a, a suspension if he comes back. Yeah, who knows? He'll probably get like a four-game suspension if he comes yeah. back. Yeah, so he doesn't help them one bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we still have the same issue with, with the wide receivers. Um, well, unless you want to, you know, want to hope that Fulgram does something again. <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. You, you Listen, you never know. Some, you know you, the Patriots always pulled – you know, these receivers out of nowhere made them good. You know, Julian Edelman was an he was either a seventh round pick or he was an undrafted quarterback. Um, then they had Chris Hogan, who was a lacrosse player. You, they, you never know. We might get lucky. We might not. Who knows? It's you know, you know Zach Ertz 
he, I get he was getting double and triple teamed, but he's right. got to do something else other than you know you have to fight through that. George Kittle had fifty, had twelve or thirteen targets, and he caught all of them. <laughs> yeah, that that right there just goes to show, man. I love Ertz, he had the game winning touchdown, but he's not on the George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. You know, you know it's it's them, it's them one two. You know, mm-hmm. and I guess an argument could be he's three. I, I couldn't tell you any other tight end, you know, that would be anywhere near, you know, Zach Ertz after those two. I would, I would, yeah. I would say Goddard, but Goddard's hurt, so we can't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With his, uh, with that, with that, what broken ankle. So, uh, uh, like we we're talking about, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I, mean, I definitely feel Carson Wentz is getting back on the right track. No, he is. You know, Doug had him moving around. You know, they were yes. they were doing a little too much, which is just ridiculous. Like, all right, it's, it's stop it. Like, <laughs> knock it off. Like, stop with the, the bootlegs, everything. It, it's going to catch up to you. So, you know, that's why they had game plan. And speaking of, like, you know, the play action passes and everything else, did you see the Giants did a play action pass with no one? Oh, no, I didn't. Hold on. With no one in the backfield? No one in the backfield. I don't know how you do it, but it's pretty impressive, I guess. <laughs> I was, it's like, what? Somebody, somebody had posted it that the Giants did a play-action pass with Daniel Jones in the backfield. <laughs> so, so, awesome. so, so listen, so you know, we, we talk about the East and everything else. Is Carson Wentz back? Um, I think Carson Wentz didn't really go anywhere. It, I just think a lot of it had to do with Doug's play calling. You know, right. Wentz has got to cut down on the turnovers. But, you know, the Giants are a mess. The Redskins just bitched yeah. their starting quarterback. He's now third string. Which is, yeah, he's not even dressing for the game. Like, there's a guy who almost died on an operating table who is now the backup to Kyle Allen. That's crazy. And then Dallas. I, Dallas is just amazing. Like, And people are um, – they're just talking about, oh, well, they're put up 38 points. You know, I get what Dallas has put up, and I guess what Dak, what Dak has done. But he doesn't do it through all four quarters. He does in the fourth quarter. And I love it because I have Dak in fantasy. Right. But, you know, yeah. again, you, all right, cool. He threw for 450 yards last week, but he lost. He threw 150, 450 yards the week before. He lost. You know, if Atlanta catches – if Atlanta does what you're supposed to do in a football game, Dallas is 0-4. 0-4, exactly. Exactly. Their their defense is horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Like Zeke Elliott doesn't look like Zeke Elliott. Like and that nope. and, and if you go back and you look at their draft and what they needed, they needed defense. And Jerry Jones is like, well, I'm drafting C D Lamb to screw the Philadelphia Eagles. And that made you just you you set your franchise back and just say just say two years just just say two years, you know you have Dak on a, on a, on a a franchise tag, you know if he's putting up numbers, you're either going to franchise tag him again next year, and then you're going to lose him and then you're going to start all over again. Yep. Right? So because like he's like he's officially like basically the, everything that is going wrong for Dallas and Jerry Jones is. It is. Now, Dak's going to be like, I want a four-year deal. I don't want a five-year deal. 
screw your salary cap. You know, I got 1,400 yards passing through the first four four weeks. You know, on pace for, you know, like 5,600 passing yards and like 45 touchdowns. You know, interceptions and and fumbles. I don't, I don't know exactly how, how many he has, but, you know, it's it's going to be high. So, he, he – like, Jerry Jones screwed himself. Like – Oh, definitely. Like you, all because you wanted to screw the Eagles, which, again, I don't I, – like I said, listen, I ain't going to lie. I was mad. I was salty. But now, now you look at it, it it's, it's, it's comical. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it shows – it's it's really showing how he like you said he just wanted to be spiteful, wanted to wanted to one up the Eagles, and even though C.D. Lamb has been on the field, he's playing, you know where our first round pick Jalen Rager is he's hurt, he's not going to be back for a, a, like at least a couple more weeks. Two more weeks. Yeah, two more weeks, and you know it's like, and the Eagles are in first place with a one, two and one record, you know? So it, it, you're right. It is comical. Like Jerry Jones tried to, you know, tried to be the, the smart guy, the funny guy, and ah, I'll stick it to you. And it turns out he's the one getting stuck one in three with a, a quarterback playing on a tender. Who's not happy that he's on a tender. <laughs> so <laughs> and they could tender him one more time next season. Yeah. Yeah, they could. Now, granted, he could still say, you know, screw the tender. I'm not going to sign it. And you know, just wait it out, and he could then become a free agent. No, the only the, but, the only thing I can see, he'll play that tender under. I think it'll be like thirty six, thirty seven million dollars for one season. Right. He's he's gonna play. Like <laughs> I'd be shocked if any quarterback didn't. And then he's gonna go and he's gonna get a ridiculous deal from someone, not Dallas, like Kirk Cousins did. You know, that he could, very well he could be a New York Jet. You know what I mean? In two years, Sam Darnold's contract is up in two years, so he could be a New yep. York Jet. You know, like there's, you know, what what better place to play than in New York? And then now you have Dak and you have Daniel Jones. You know, Daniel Jones is supposedly this next big thing, but he looks like trash. Yeah, I was I was high on Daniel Jones. I mean, not at the number six pick overall, but I really liked what I, you know the highlights, the couple highlights I did see from him. I was like, oh, you know what? They're, they're not bad. You know, I was like, the kid, he looked like he was ready to go. And they threw him out there, and he had those first few games where he was just like fire. And then he kind of tailed off. And now this year, I don't know. It's not the same. It's not the same Daniel Jones. Like, it's 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 like he's like, I don't know. Like, he's just lost out there right now. I mean, I, you're talking about him being picked sixth. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky was picked second. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that one, that makes it even more funnier because like they actually traded up to go get Trubisky, you know, and that's what makes it hysterical, you know, how, how bad he turned out. And, and look, a couple of years later, they, they had, they, they turned to, you know, former Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. So, and we'll see what happens, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the division is, like you said, it's trash. It's garbage. Now, I mean, that's Eagles included. Um, even though the Eagles, you know, are in first place, I I still say that this is uh, Dallas's division to lose this year. I really do. I still think that they are by far the better team uh, out of all of them in the division. But, <laughs> I mean, like you said, 
one stupid play by Atlanta and and Dallas is 0-4, which no one would have thought. Yeah, but it goes just it just goes to show you, like on paper, how things play out differently once you actually play the games. Yeah, and you know, it comes down to coaching. You know, at the, oh, at the end of the day, it comes down to coaching. And you can say what you want about Doug Peterson, but Mark Mike McCarthy won one Super Bowl with possibly the greatest quarterback from in like the last like. He, he, he just ran – he was the greatest quarterback in the NFC. He, he, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, and he won one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's up. And, and All right, and real quick, you want to talk about how it comes down to coaching. How, okay, the Green Bay Packers. Their, their coach is 17-3 and three in the regular season. They were 13-3 and three last year. 1450, yeah. Four, they're what, 4 0. 17 and 3 so far in, in his short tenure as a head coach. That's incredible. And coming off an NFC, uh, what, uh, what, conference game appearance. So, <laughs> I mean, dude, think about that. 17 and 3 in not even two full years yet for, from a rookie head coach. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to see if maybe Belichick was up there, but he's he's not. I forgot he coached Cleveland for five seasons. Yeah, yeah, that that's kind of like the uh, a time forgotten. Like nobody brings that up anymore that he was there because I mean, everything else he's done since is like, okay, I learned and I moved on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just uh, yeah, like. He said the whole division's trash, but you got to jump on it when you can, and that's you know the Eagles took advantage of it. And I mean it's still early, but still very early. But uh, hopefully, uh, since it's so early, we'll, you know Doug will start you know running the ball more, or at least not deviating from the running game. Yeah, I mean because he's still he's he's annoying me with this. Hold on, real quick. Yeah. All right, since Bill Belichick's been in New England, been in New England in two thousand, yeah, he's had two seasons where he's won less than ten games, two thousand two and two thousand. Every other every other season's eleven, fourteen, fourteen, ten, twelve, sixteen, eleven, ten, fourteen, thirteen, twelve, 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 fourteen, thirteen, eleven, and twelve. That's ridiculous. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't say anything about the guy. I mean, I, I don't care if people want to talk about like the cheating scandal, oh, the flake. I'm over flaking. Yeah, but I mean, it's like the record is the record. It, it speaks for itself. I mean, who would have thought that starting out your your career as a head coach in Cleveland for five years and then losing your job because that team just sucked? And look at where you were at. All this time later, now all of a sudden you're the you're the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> the whole well, I, I I get annoyed when people you know when they talk about the flake gate or anything else or cell phone gate. It has nothing to do with Watergate. Like Watergate was the name of the complex. Like now yeah. you're just adding gate to everything. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. Let's let's get back on. Um. Yeah, you're talking about Doug abandoning run. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I, I don't I don't know if Miles Sanders is still hurt. 
why he had Boston Scott in there. I said it last week. I said it the week before, and I'm going to say it this week. Corey Clement is not an NFL running back. He is a special nope. teams guy. He is a he he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He he's a guy who tries to run in between the tackles, and he's not that running back. He's not Adrian Peterson. He's not Saquon Barkley. You know, he he's he's just not. Like, I don't get it. Like, why he keeps running him out there. Yeah, I I don't know either. You know, it's like you, you mean you had Devontae Freeman out there and they didn't they didn't do nothing. And I mean and you let him go to the Giants. Oh well he was gonna get more carries at the Giants. He's the number one running back at the Giants. Well, yeah, I mean you're right there. I mean, he, I mean, it was more attractive, but I mean, the guy was sitting out there for so long. Oh. I mean, I guess I don't. I mean, who knows? They may have talked to him, and he was just like, "Nah, you got Sanders. I want to be a feature." But um, what you call it? Um, yeah, I'm like, like, it's hard to say if Sanders is still hurt because I mean, he he had over, you know, he's he's putting up numbers, like he's getting the yardage, you know. So I. It's hard if you're hurt. It's you know that's going to hamper your ability for you know to play, and he doesn't seem like he's having a hard time playing. I'm just wondering if what they're saying is right that he got tired. Is he fatigued? Is is this? Are we seeing the Miles Sanders and the effects of not having an actual camp and preseason? Like he's he's not game ready. I mean that like that's my question. Is like that what we're seeing right now out of Miles Sanders? And it very well could be. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's you just run them out there. You know, Miles Sanders may not be a three down back, and that's fine. But you got to go out and get a big back because Boston Scott isn't yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, you have to. You're right. If he's not a three down back, then then you need to address that and get get that that big back and and do something with it. Like, all right, look, Tampa Bay went out and, and jumped on Leonard Fournette after that surprise move by Jacksonville. They they were like, you know what? We don't have a running back of that size. We need it. And in his second game, he went crazy. So it, I don't know, but you're you're definitely right. Oh, the, like, if, if Miles the system Sanders, quarterback, but, um, yeah, the system quarterback Tom Brady, the forty three year old quarterback who threw five touchdowns. That's a quarterback. Yes. You know, everyone said it was going to be interesting to see what happens with, with Tom Brady. And I'm not going to lie. I was interested to see what happened because we've never seen him without Belichick. So, you know, I mean, I think, I think the questions were legitimate. But at the same time, you know, people also found it disrespectful considering the guys won like six Super Bowls. But, hey, he seems to be just – Doing just fine without Belichick. It's it, well, and I, I bet you he wishes Gronk could say the same thing. That guy looks cooked. Who? Gronk. He's he started the year off so bad, and now they just lost OJ Howard for the season. So Gronk is the true only tight end, the number one tight end. Uh, yeah, I did put I did put in a waiver claim for him, but I t- I took it off because. Uh, I would have had to drop the uh, the tight end from Indianapolis, Willie May Cox. I think is the the guy that I tell I told everyone to pick up. Yeah, Ali May, Ali yeah, Cox. Like yeah. That. yeah, so um, 
Yeah, but Gronk is wait, dude, he had one catch last week. One. <laughs> one catch and it was for a first down. And that was it. And it came in like the fourth quarter. I was like, wow. But he just looks I mean, I'm not gonna say he looks lost out there, but you can watching Gronk play, he's he's lost a step. Like he probably should not have taken time off, but he did that for mental health reasons. So I can't, you know, I can't shoot the guy for that. I mean, <laughs> he did it for his own for his own health. But in the meantime, <laughs> his body took a shit because he's not playing right. I'm like, oh man, it's Gronk, and he's he's nothing like he was. Yeah, you know, he was uh, the 24/7 champ for the WWE. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was. But yeah, I I agree. Go, going back to the Miles Sanders stuff, if he's not if he's not in every down back, then you know, then that's another area where the Eagles dropped the ball. They, you know, they, you know, they they should have they should have gotten somebody, and you know had had a, had a backup plan. Get get a bigger guy to go between the. Yeah, tackles. I mean. Again, there's not like again, there's not many every down three day, three down running backs. You know, if you went through the list, you know, you got McCafferty when he's healthy, you got Saquon when he's healthy, you got Zeke. Um and then it hey, can you think of anybody else off the top of your head? A three down back? No, not at all. Not at all. Um yeah, like, like like you said, like the big three, Barkley, Zeke, and McCafferty, they're the ones. Oh, I mean, well, Alvin Kamara, Kamara. Kamara is, but you see, Kamara doesn't carry the ball as much as those as as a as a three down back would because he just catches the ball a lot. So right. I mean, he, he he's is he a three down back? Yes, is he a true three down back who gets the ball handed off to him three straight times? No, he doesn't rarely get hit at the line of scrimmage. On a handoff, you know, you know, sometimes a lot of his are pitch outs. You know, their line cuts him. You know, it's he. Look at what Drew Brees. Look at Drew Brees' stats this year. I guarantee you, all his passes are five yard slants or five yard outs to Kamar. And listen, ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, Brady did his whole career. You know, that's what. Well, well, that's what everyone said. Brady did his whole career. You know. If that's what keeps him, you know, in the league a couple more years, Drew Brees, good for him. You know, but if it, yeah, it's it's you know, there's not many. There's it's just not the it's not the how the NFL is played. Right, right. No, no, you're exactly right. But yeah, I'm I'm just real disappointed with a lot of what we're seeing. A lot of the uh, the holes that the Eagles' offense has, personnel wise, and. That that that's really annoying to me, and I mean, everyone. I've I've heard other people saying, "Oh, well, you know, the the coach has to, you know, make do with what's given to him." And to an extent, yes, that's correct. But when he doesn't have anything, what's he supposed to do? Right. And I will say this uh, before we go on the commercial break: um, Jordan Mailata, he played really good the other night. Like he he was yes he, he did he was like his side the quarterback didn't get hit you know they put the stat up you know he I forget who it was it might have been Baldinger or somebody else said that he's probably going to be the starting left tackle for the rest of the year 
he's the new bodyguard. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not giving that title to him, you know. But you know, when you have other NFL analysts and Ball Dinger is pretty, he, he's harsh on everybody, but he's fair. So if he's giving this assessment yes. to him, I want to see what he does against the Marcus Lawrence, the other hundred million dollar player in the NFC East who has isn't doing crap and basically cursed out nope. his fan base on social media, which is just comical because it just goes to show you. Not everyone is a fit to like to play for like certain fan bases. Like, let's be honest. Like, if you play for Philadelphia, play Dallas, and you underachieve, you're gonna get called on it. As much as I hate Dallas fans, they're gonna call you out on it. Yeah, they they will. They they will. You're exactly right. I mean, yeah. I mean, at first I was like, okay, when I heard Demarcus Lawrence have his uh his press conference after the game. And he was calling out himself. He was calling out the defense. I was like, all right, that's cool. I was like, you know, that, that's showing leadership. He's, he's taking accountability for it. And then the social media rant. I was like, oh, I said, okay, well, you just lost your fan base. I was like, you're done. So, I mean, I was, so then, then I kind of smiled a little bit and was like, <laughs> oh, man. This is, I was like, this is amazing. I was like, Dallas having trouble. First four weeks of the season. Look at that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> that's great alright well um, we have to uh, take a quick commercial break we'll uh, be back in a few minutes so uh, this is the Philly Philly podcast sponsored by CEVsports.com and uh, we'll be back after a quick word from our sponsor alright and we're back so uh, Chris after talking some Eagles how about uh, we go jump right into uh, some of the 76ers well, it's Glenn Rivers. It's not Doc. There's only one Doc. <laughs> it's it's already <laughs> been established that, you know, <laughs> Mark Zumoff already said, he's like, I'm not referring to him as Doc. And, and Doc Rivers is like, there's only one Doc. He's like, I got no problem with it. Call me Glenn. That's great. Call me. Can you? That's... <laughs> all right, cool. Like, I, I, you won me over. You you won me over, Glenn. Like you haven't even coached a basketball game for the Sixers, and I'm cool with you. Yeah, I mean you got. I I I'll give him all the credit in the world. He's like, nah, there's only there's only one Doc in Philly. I I, I dig it. I totally dig it. Um, now, like, how shocked were you that he became available? Uh, not very. You know, yeah, you, you got to remember, like, he had Kawhi Leonard. You know what I mean? It's he had, you know, Lou Williams. You he had all the players. You know, he was there for seven years. Like what else? What else? He had, couldn't win the big one. Yeah, I mean, there, there are some there are some concerns, and I mean, he's I mean, he's been around a while coaching, and what like almost twenty years coaching, right? I would say, and he he's got one title with Boston. Okay, that that's fine, um, but you know what? I I mean I know he's lost two or three three one playoff series leads, which which is you know that right there is a red flag. But I'll still take the man's experience between player and coach. Like he's got over like over forty years experience. I'll take that any day, um, and he might he might just be the right guy. To, to finish off the process. You know, everyone, 
everyone kept talking about the process, you know, getting the players for the pro, you know, but it's also coaching. And we all know that Brett Brown, well, obviously he's not there now, but you could tell that he just wasn't the guy for it. Maybe Glenn Rivers is the final piece of the process. If anyone's going to be able to get Ben Simmons to start shooting the ball, it, it's going to be him. Well, see, I agree and I disagree. Only because okay. Glenn Liver, get, get Glenn Rivers. I'm going to call him Doc for 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 him playing before he was a Sixer. When when Doc <laughs> yeah. Rivers played in the NBA, he was he played in an era that. We loved. He played for 13 years. He played from 83 to 80, 83 to 96. He was a point guard. You know, he played defense. So, I mean, he, he, you know, he averaged, he wasn't a great player per se. I mean, he averaged 10 points a game, you know, but, you know, he was, he was big on the assists. You know, he averaged six to six a game, you know, steals per game too. So for as a fan base, I don't want us to get too excited about Glenn saying, "Hey, I want you to shoot Ben," because he's a defense guy. So to me, this does nothing. But as crazy as it sounds, it's going to make Ben Simmons better defensively, and we already know how good we already know how he's already yeah. Yeah, he's already good defensively. Yeah, there is the that. rumors that they're going to trade him, which very well may happen. But see, I, I don't, don't think they, they trade do. Ben Simmons. You're not going to get anything for him. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not even that. I mean, I don't think you can't. I, I'm on board with you can't trade him until you let River, Doc Rivers get his hands on him to see what what he can do with him. So it's like I. I don't like I don't like the fact of like oh well we're gonna trade him after we just got rid of of Brett Brown well yeah well Brett Brown was probably like the biggest problem the kid didn't respect them now you got a, now you got a, a coach in there that he he can respect this is a guy that has some NBA pedigree behind the coaching so we'll see what happens with it but yeah I, I don't think they'll trade him yeah it, it it'll be interesting um, if I'm trading anybody you're not gonna be I don't know if you can trade Tobias Harris. But unfortunately, if the Sixers make any kind of move, you know, it's going to be um, – what the hell is it? It's going to be Horford and Matthias Seibel. Unfortunately, it's, it's, to get a score, yeah. it's the only way – the only way you're going to get a score. I hate to say it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see them moving Harris either. Um, ha- Tobias had his best seasons under – right. Doc Rivers when he was in LA. So, I mean, he, that that's one guy that he's used to that they're both comfortable with each other. So, I mean, I I, I think that we're I think we're going to see a, a big uptick in Tobias's game more, you know, cuz he he kind of he, he dropped off last year. So, I think we're going to see a new, well not new. I think we're going to see uh I think we're going to see a turnaround for him. Um but yeah, I I got I hope that they they can find somebody to take that contract of Horford. I mean, now the one rumor that's out there is, and I, I don't see it happening, but you know, rumors are rumors and you never know what's going to happen, but there are rumors of 
Chris Paul following Doc Rivers to Philly. I don't I don't know if that would work or I mean I don't know if that would happen. I don't know if they're willing to take Horford back. I mean the money obviously works. Yeah, that's but... that's how it would go. It would it would have it would have to be that and you know it would have to be a contract it would have to be a contract swap and give up a second round pick. I would do it for Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean I definitely I I mean like I said, I don't know if it'll happen or not, but I wouldn't say no if if it if that was a legit thing that was about to happen or could happen. I would be more than happy with it because now you have a legitimate shooter, and I'll take it. Right, and for the defense he doesn't play, you have Joel Embiid and you have Ben Simmons. Now, you know, uh, Doc Rivers, he said something the other day in his press conference, his, his welcome conference, um, when he was asked about Joel Embiid, and he was talking about, you know, coaching a big man and, you know, that he, he, he's ready to see what he can do. Like, basically said that he's ready to see what he can do with Joel Embiid. And, I mean, he, he actually turned Blake Griffin into more than just a dunk machine. So I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping he's able to, you know, he's able to connect and gel with Ben. I mean, with Joe. I'm, I'm really hoping. Well, he just needs to tell – and be stay the hell under the net. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of when he starts shooting the ball with three pointers. I'm not a fan of it. I hate. Like, it. Stop chucking up threes. We'll get like. But I mean, I get why he did it because we didn't have shooters. So I mean, he he right. had to shoot. He had to shoot. You know, as crazy as it sounds, his team didn't have shooters, and that's what you know. That's why they lost. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he can do something with the guy because, like I said, if, you, if he can turn around and, and, and make uh, – what's his uh, – I just said his name and I forget. Chris. But the, the big dude. Oh, Blake, Blake Griffin. Griffin. Uh, Blake Griffin. Yeah, if he was able to turn Blake Griffin into an actual basketball player and not just, like I said, a dunk machine, then I'll, I'll take it. So it's uh, – I'm – I'm more. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it how it plays out, how how they work out. Um, now with with uh, with with them getting Doc Rivers, the tide has shifted with who I think is going to uh, be the next Philadelphia team to win a championship. It's totally shifted. Like I, I'm right now with the way the Eagles are playing. I kind of give them a back seat to the Flyers, and I'm actually putting the Sixers ahead of the Eagles right now. Well, I, I don't know about that, but all right. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I do. I, I think I think by having an honest an honest to God coach that like you said, like especially in the NBA, coaching I mean coaching is also is also key. Um, even though a lot of the players, you know, coach themselves anymore, well, like LeBron, he basically runs that entire organization now. He might as well sign the checks, also. Um, yeah, I mean, because I'm I'm excited because out of all the teams, every coach now has won a title except for Elaine Vigno, and I think that they're right there on the cusp. I think the Flyers are right there for it. It's been a while since we've had all four teams that have 
at least three coaches that have had, uh, you know, championship experience. It's been um, a little while. Yeah, I could see that. But to move on to our next topic, this is where – let me rephrase that. You know, I hope that whoever the new GM is, the first thing they do is sign JT and sign DD and get us bullpen guys. <laughs> Let's see. So we can uh, – we'll, all right, we'll, we'll address that after this break. This is our uh, final commercial break before we, we hit the home stretch for the show. But uh, this is Eric and Chris for the Philly Philly podcast, sponsored by CEVsports.com. We'll be back in a minute. Word from our sponsors. And we're back. All right, Chris, so you were talking about whoever the new uh, GM is, that you know, first thing needs to be done is hopefully sign JT and DD. Now, they did bring in, well, he's already there, interim general manager, uh, what, Ned Rice, I believe is his name? Yeah, I don't know who he is. Yeah, I believe his name is Ned Rice. He was kind of like an assistant to contact. Oh, yeah, because that's what I want. Um, exa- that's, and that's where I'm going. And Clintac wasn't fired, quote, let's say. Uh, you know, he was he, – he basically took himself out of the position. Which I, so it aggravates, I find that it aggravates me. What's that? I don't want him in the organization. Right. See, and that's where I'm going with it because – this, this bothers me. Like, now he just stepped down and turned it over to his assistant, basically. So he's still there. That, and they said he's in some other capacity with the company. No, he's, he's still in those, those war rooms. He's still in contract talks. He's in the ear of this interim GM. I don't think that they are going to, at least they're not going to sign JT. I think that with this guy being an in-house man, I don't think it happens. Well, if it doesn't I, I happen, it's on, it's on Middleton. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they, they definitely have to uh, bring in, uh, resign DD. They definitely have to do that. Um, but yeah, I think JT's out of here. I really do. And I don't think it, it, it's got more to do with the pandemic. I think they were all set to try and sign him before the pandemic hit. And it's mostly all about the money now to me. It's there no fans in the stands. They're only going to make so much in merchandise sales all online and at yeah, the but clubhouse they, store. But they signed that huge um, deal with Comcast. I don't want to hear that you don't have money. You signed that huge deal with NBC that TV deal. No, no, you're getting a ton of money from TV. I don't want to hear about revenue from the fans. I don't want to hear it. We had, we had, I, I know, I'm just but telling we you. We had, you know, our fan base is so crazy that we had fans at the games every single day standing outside at center field. And then, you know, you know, people yep. tried, you know, people tried, you know, oh, you know, if they could do it, then I can do it. If they had something in the Dodgers, stop, stop, be original, come up with something, you're something else. Leave the pandemic crew out of your mouth. <laughs> you got nothing on Philadelphia. I, you know, I sit there and say all the time, I said, our fan base is very, very passionate. It gets confused with, stu- with stupidity at times. Um, but we're a very passionate fan base. We love our sports teams. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
But I always, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It gets confused with being stupid about certain things. Now, I will say this about the Philadelphia fan base, Philadelphia Phillies fan base, is I think we're all in agreement to sign those two players. If there's any yes. fan out there who, when you listen to this, that says we shouldn't sign JT, I want to fight you at Frank Bernard Cotman. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> think you'll find that. I have not heard one one person say that they should not sign him. So, I'm mean, I'm just I'm just completely afraid of them not signing him. Like, well, I honestly feel that they aren't. I mean, after after um, it was said, you know, well, you know, we made the trade knowing that we had control for two years. All right, so they at least wanted him for just at least at that point just two years. And I'm, I really do think it's going to come down to the the money factor where they're just going to be cheap and don't want to, and don't want to pay out money because of this pandemic, and they will use that as an excuse. I I really, really think that's what's going to happen. Uh, you may be correct. I mean, I hope you're wrong. I hope you're hundred percent wrong. But you so know, why? in the end, when it comes down to it, is. Clintech was he just didn't seem like a good he didn't seem like a good fit. You know, we were we all bought in when he was introduced and he was like, you know, I didn't leave Mike Trout in the prime of his career to come here and not win. And we were like, oh, yeah, that's my man. Like like we bought in, just right, like we bought right, in right. on Chip Kelly. You know, but now it's all right, he's not there no more. He's not here. He's not he's not the GM. He's not the so I don't want him to do anything when it comes to negotiating contracts. He doesn't need to be here. He, there's right. no reason for him to be here whatsoever. I'll... Right. I mean, it, it, it's just, it, to me, it's like kind of the same situation when, when years ago when, when Bobby Clark got fired as the Flyers the GM. Pre- but he was like the team president. Organization. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, they created a spot for him. Like, he – he wasn't quote unquote the team president, but they gave him like a presidential title for something that they made. And I was like, okay, well, he's still in the organization. That does not help. Like if he has title of president next to his name, then he has a lot of say in what's happening. So I thought, okay, well, nothing's going to change. And I, I honestly feel that the same thing's going to happen here with, with the Phillies. And it makes me sick to like- think that. Like Bobby Clark, really he went does. to the wild and came back. Why did we take him back? <laughs> <laughs> they finally got yeah, rid of him back. and they brought him no, back. No, no, no. Stay, stay away. Yep. But, oh, my God. You know, it's so, so funny. I forgot he went Right. To but, I mean, for me, <laughs> I would take Theo Epstein right now. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Like, I mean, that's – I mean, you had – all right. If you if you had him now, supposedly there's a list of like 13 or 14, like qualified candidates. I, th- to be honest with you, I would even be fine with going to uh, one of the teams where their farm system is is impeccable. Like had they have a great farm system and and poach one of the the scouts. I mean, because we don't have a farm system, so. You you need to, number one. You need to, to to help build that so we can trade pieces to get players in here. You know we we need to be attractive trade partners with people, attractive to players coming in. I mean, and that that's another thing that's concerning to me. We have nothing. 
and the only two times that we had that we had good um, uh, farm systems were 1980 and 2008, two right. years that we won the World Series. So, it's, you know, it's like you you need a GM that has that ability to 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 work on your your major club and your system. And if hey, if Theo Epstein was available to have and wanted to come here, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I mean, I'd take it. I'd take Ed Wade. I mean, hit. <laughs> such a place. Yeah, you listen. <laughs> my numbers back up. How good Ed Wade was. So. Well, you know, it's it's funny because a lot of his um, a lot of his his players were instrumental on the, the Phillies winning in 08. Uh, all of them were. So <laughs> that was his team. Yeah, Gill filled yeah, in a couple I mean, holes, but you know that that was that was a good. That was that was Ed Wade's team. Oh no, it, it absolutely was, and like a lot of people don't like giving him credit for that, but you have to. You really have to. I mean, everyone questioned what he was doing at the time when he was here. And, man, and I remember, I think it was even brought up during one of the broadcasts in 2008 during the World Series, and someone brought that up. I think, I think Buck, I think he brought it up, and I thought, oh, my God, he's right. I'm looking at it, and I said, this player, this player, this. I'm like, oh. I mean, if you go back and look, I'm pretty sure he drifted Utley, Rollins. So you he figure he signed – you know, the one thing that Gillick did, he went in, he got Jason Worth, he got Shane Victorino, he got Pedro Feliz, and I'm pretty sure he's, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure either him or Wade signed Carlos Ruiz. Oh, and Ed Wade drafted Cole Hamels. I was just going to say, so, he drafted and, you know, Cole Gillick Hamels, made though. the trade for Lidge and, Br- and Bruntlet, who, uh, you know, he made, the, he made the trade for Jeff Jenkins. You know, so you, you go back and you look at the team, and you know, the starters were Ed Wade. The filling guys that needed yeah. to, like, that we needed, you know, it was Gilk because Gilk has that, he's got that talent to just, all right, you know what? This guy's good. So this is who we need. No, I, I totally get it. But you're right. Like, a lot it. of and Philadelphia fans to this day will sit there and say no. Yeah, it, it's just a hatred thing. They just, because they didn't like Ed Wade, they'll never, they'll they'll never give him credit for that World Series, which he absolutely deserves. He drafted Pearl for that World Series. I mean, it's right, like you did. sit there and you go back and you look like you look at the players that they drafted. That was a homegrown team. Like the majority of players were homegrown. So I mean, yeah, you're right though. It's 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 kind of tough to go against Ed Wade or say anything bad about him, but. Um, getting back on 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 our, our our subject that we were talking about, um, yeah, they, I'm just, I'm not happy with with this guy Ned Rice because, like I said, he's an in-house guy. Like they they went out and they 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 absolutely did nothing. They did absolutely nothing to improve the GM position. So, and I don't know what kind of pull Rice is going to have in making any kind of deals, if any. I mean, is he just going to get uh, is he just going to be uh, what's it called? Like the guy that's in front of the camera saying that he's, he negotiated a deal? You keep saying you keep saying Ned Rice and all I can picture is Ned Ryerson from Ground All Day. Needle nose Ned! So do I. Phil? Yeah. Phil Connors? <laughs> no, that's all, that's all I picture. Yeah. 
And then, you know, if, if I saw Ned Bryce, I'd probably punch him in his face like Bill, like Phil Connors hit Needle Nose Ned in the movie. Yeah, I, you know what? I think no, his name really is. No, it's Ned. Ned Rice. It's either Ned or Ed. No. Is it? Uh, okay. Because I thought I heard that this morning and I was like, my God, Ned Rice. And I was like, eh. Phil? Phil? <laughs> uh, I mean, he, it, oh it sounds God, like he's going to be an assistant GM. Hold on. Let me, let, let me make sure that I. I uh, you know that I got this right because I I can't see. Uh, he's no, he was the assistant GM. I'm sorry. He was. All right, it was uh, it, it was old news uh, that came up in Google. Phil's to hire Ned Rice as assistant GM. Absolutely disgusting. They 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 did absolutely nothing. Everybody was so worried about you know the the Sixers getting Doc Rivers, but yet. The front office and everybody was still the same. I'm more concerned with the Phillies because that's basically all this was. It was, it was just Clintax stepping down and letting his assistant take over. That's all it was. If that's right, and they're sitting I mean. there, they're saying that you know, he's going to be the interim general manager for the 2021 season because of the pandemic, and you know, talking about meeting people, you know, live, you know, because they can only you can only do so much through video conferencing and everything else. Listen. I'm Theo Epstein. Look at my record. I got the Cubs their first World Series exactly. in 148 years. <laughs> I got the the Red Sox their first World Series in 90 years. That's over 200 years of suffering by two franchises. What like what else would you need? Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I mean that is that that's a hell of a pedigree. I mean that that's a lot right there. That that's that's some good stuff. So. Yeah, uh, like I said, I when when I when I heard the backstory of who uh, let's, I'm just calling Mr. Rice. When I heard who he was, I went, "They're doomed." I said, "They are absolutely doomed." So, I mean, I'm not at all confident now with anything. Like, I still think nothing changes with and, JT. And, and like do. you said before, nothing with changes. you know, with Ned Rice, I've seen this movie before, Groundhog Day. I've seen how it's played out. With like, yep. I don't want to see it again. Like I know how this story goes over and yeah. over and over. Yeah. You had to win two. Exactly. Yeah. You had eight games oh, left in the season. You had to win two of them. You won one. That's a disgrace. You know, at one point in the season, I, I have to go, I have to look at it, but I'm pretty sure in 49 of the 60 games, they had the lead going into the sixth and seventh inning. Um, they should I'm have been 36 sure and 13. After forty nine games, mm-hmm. that that would have been an amazing record to have in this shortened season. And it goes back to, you know, they have the talent. You know, they just didn't have all yeah. of the talent. Oh man! Then see, and that just makes me mad because I just think of how brutal that bullpen was. Knowing what they could have had, what they could have been, they were le- oh, they were legit so the worst bullpen, so brutal in the history of MLB for one season. I like I put on my like I put on my well, Facebook status uh, uh, when the season's in there. I said the Phillies put 162 games worth of defeat into us in 60 games. That's pretty goddamn impressive. Exactly, exactly. That's uh, unheard of. Basically unheard of. But man, I don't know. But well, our time is just about up, my friend. So we're gonna have to put a kibosh on the end of this new show, like Philly it. Philly Podcast. I like it. 
Yeah, I was thinking about it, and I was like, first I was like, should we call it the Philly Special Podcast? But then I was like, ah, I don't want to use Philly Special. I was like, I'm. And then I saw after looking, like I'm pretty sure I saw someone had something called Philly Special. So, so said, I next week we'll probably have a Dallas fan with us. So might have Greg and might have might have Ryan too. So okay, they're they're disgusted. Like they're just totally. Uh, well, you know, it's well, funny. Ryan, I Ryan doesn't on go on Facebook, Facebook anymore. Been... That's why. Yeah, he's just like, I mean, I think oh, he has no. his messengers, but we go, like, we're in a group, like me, him, and Greg, we just text each other on the phone, on our phone numbers. Because, like, I, I, I don't go on Facebook that much anymore. I mean, I post for funny stuff, you know, the memes and everything else, but I don't, I don't, I don't go on Facebook as much as I used to. Like, I was always on there, but, you know, it just, yeah, it's too right. much stuff going on Facebook. You know how social media is. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm constantly trolling people about about uh, about the election because I just. But uh, <laughs> all right, all right, cool, man. So maybe you have to. Yeah, and week. they're That's Dallas awesome. fans, so they'll get. Cause yeah. we're, I'm, I want to find out because they're not from Dallas, and I want to find out why they like Dallas. Sounds good to me. I've I've always wanted to know that too. I've always wanted to know what what's the what's yeah. the aura, what's the, why, what's the allure Dallas... from that? I mean, I guess I can. I mean. I guess where Greg lives, it would probably be Giants and Jets, I guess. And Ryan likes the Jets. Okay. But so, all right, everyone. We will see you. Well, you'll hear from us next week. Like I said, hopefully with two Dallas fans. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, all right, buddy. And I will right, talk to I'm you Chris Lyaf, and you are? I'm Eric Perigini, and we are signing off from the Philly Philly podcast presented by CEVsports.com. Peace out. Yep. Have a good night.